Coming up on AEA Amplified, Honeywell's global business aviation outlook shows strong growth for business aviation over the next decade. From the Aircraft Electronics Association, this is AEA Amplified, a podcast for aviation's technology experts, with your host, Jeff Hill. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of AEA Amplified. As always, it's sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company, and a leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 5000 is the latest digital autopilot, providing increased safety plus decreased pilot workload. And it's being certified for Part 23 and Part 25 retrofit aircraft, such as high-performance turboprop and turbine jet aircraft. To learn more about the STEC 5000, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Hi again, everyone. I'm your host, Jeff Hill, for this October 16th, 2022 edition of AEA Amplified. And we have some breaking news to share on this Sunday evening as Honeywell has just released its 31st annual Global Aviation Outlook. And we are on the eve of the NBAA Business Aviation Convention in Orlando, Florida. And I am joined from Orlando here by the architect behind the report who has all the details his name is Javier Jimenez Serrano, and he is the Strategy and Market Research Manager at Honeywell Aerospace. Javier, thank you so much for being with us on a Sunday night in Orlando here on AEA Amplified. And let me begin by just letting you introduce yourself first to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your personal aviation story, how long you've been with Honeywell, and what your primary responsibilities with the company are. Very well. Thank you for that introduction, Jeff. Uh, you said my name beautifully, Javier Jimenez Arrano. Yes, manager at Honeywell Aerospace. Uh, you want me to start with my personal aviation story. Um, like you might be and some of your listeners, I am an aviation geek. Uh, growing up, my family lived on both sides of the Atlantic, so I spent uh, many summers traveling from Spain to Chicago, back and forth, sometimes as an company minor. Um, so I was always very curious as to, well, the, the planes themselves and the people who were in them, were they going for travel, for business? All very interesting. Um, I've been in Honeywell for about three years now. Before that, I was an aviation consultant in New York. And before that, I was a failed engineer. Um, my geekiness uh, took me to engineering school. I thought I'd be a researcher in aerospace engineering, but uh, no, it turns out that uh, um, econometrics and business are a little bit more interesting for me. Um, my primary responsibilities at Honeywell are to look after the uh, business aviation forecasts. Uh, that includes uh, delivers of new aircraft, um, looking at uh, the fleet, uh, flight hours, how the fleet is utilized, as well as uh, our strategy um, in business aviation. Oh, very good. That's an awesome, awesome career story there. And uh... Uh, certainly happy to have you there with, with Honeywell. And, you know, before we dive into some of the details of this report, um, I'm curious if you could, um, could you describe maybe the methodology behind how you gather the data, how you collect it, where it comes from, and, and also maybe how long it takes to put together? 
yes, I can do that. Uh, so the report is comprised of two parts. Uh, one is a survey of operators, and the other part is an econometric study. Uh, if we focus first on the uh, survey, um, every year for the past 30 plus years, we go out and interview a representative sample of the world population of business aviation um, operators. Usually we talk to uh, the head of the flight department, uh, pilots, uh, um, maintenance professionals, whoever has an insight into the uh, purchase decisions uh, that are going on in, in that uh, company specifically. Um, and when we talk about a uh, representative sample, we talk about geography, uh, we take into account um, the type of aircraft they operate, uh, anything from a turboprop to a bizliner. Uh, we look at the, the size of their fleet. We look at the uh, type of operator. Is it a charter? Is it a VIP corporate uh, fleet? And uh, whether it is an operator of, uh, of a used aircraft or a new aircraft um, or a mix. Uh, we always ask uh, a set of questions that try to get at, okay, uh, how long, for how much longer are you going to operate this aircraft? And if you're going to replace it with what aircraft, uh, for, for what reason are you choosing that specific aircraft? And uh, about, uh, you know, when when uh, is that purchase going to happen? And then we have uh, special questions, right? And for the past two years, we had a section on COVID. Uh, questions like, has COVID changed uh, your purchase plans or affected them? Or do you plan to dispose of your aircraft without replacement? Uh, this year, uh, we asked uh, about sustainability and um, reducing uh, carbon emissions in their operations. Uh, we also tried to sample uh, likely operators, uh, first-time um, users or new users, um, and that's that's the survey part. And that's kind of like the bottoms up, what the demand is from the from the operator operator's mouth. Then on the econometric side, we look at um, GDP, the general state of the economy. Um, and how that correlates with historical deliveries. We also look at other aspects such as um, oil prices um, and innovation from new aircraft. Usually they stimulate the market a little bit if they're clean sheet aircraft. And that's the top down, right? What, what can the economy um, handle or, or see in terms of uh, uh, business uh, aviation deliveries and purchases? And we, we measure together, and whenever, wherever they meet in the middle, that's that's what uh, our forecast is going to be. And the, the details, or how do they say the devil's in the details? Um, what's important, what's arguably more important, is the finer trends that come out of the survey. Um, yep. And so that's a very lengthy and detailed process, obviously. How long does it yes. actually take? Do you, you know, do you start back in the early summer or how long does this take? Yes, uh, this year we started in mid-July and this, the process went on till the end of September. Uh, we don't want to take too long because we want to take a snapshot that is free from other external factors, right? 
just want to take that that instant, that pulse. Absolutely, and that's quite a lengthy process there, as we as we noted. But tonight was the big night uh, when you unveiled it publicly, and this has been going on now for for 31 years. This is the 31st annual uh, Global Business Aviation Outlook that Honeywell has produced. So uh, let's let's go ahead and break it down. And to me, when I look at it, the headline appears to be. Uh, pretty optimistic, uh, with a strong growth forecast um, for the in, for the business aviation industry as a whole. Um, let's maybe take a look at the big picture first. Um, you know, over the next decade, uh, how many new business jet deliveries uh, do you expect uh, from 2023 to 2032? And also, uh, what is the dollar value placed on that? Yes, uh, our 10-year forecast predicts about 8,500 deliveries of uh, new jets, and that's anywhere uh, from a small, very light jet like a Citation M2 or a Phenom 100, all the way up to uh, very high-speed, ultra-long-range aircraft such as uh, Global 7500 or G650, for example. Yes, to recap, 8,500 deliveries over 10 years worth about $274 billion. Yeah, that's quite, quite some impressive numbers there. And um, from your perspective, you know, Javier, can you maybe um, uh, talk about uh, some of those details, those key findings that maybe stand out to you personally? Yes, yes, I can. Um, we heard in in the different uh, news, and we saw this in the increased number of flight hours, that uh, these new users of business aviation since the pandemic um, have likely contributed to increased demand, uh, not just for flights, but eventually for um, new aircraft and also used aircraft as well. Uh, we've seen this in our survey this year, um, and uh, this really echoes what uh, OEMs are uh, reporting, right? Their lines being sold out, uh, no longer being able to take delivery of a new jet within six months now. Uh, the, the lines are sold out into 2024, I believe, depending on the OEM. Um, any other findings around uh, new users? Yes. Uh, the big question for us and for many people in the industry is what happens with those new users? Uh, will they go back to uh, premium cabins, right, first class in commercial airlines, etc.? Will they stay? Well, the survey respondents that we identified as likely first-time or first-time buyers of new jets or used jets or uh, likely new users, uh, most of them, about three-fourths, uh, said that they expect to fly about the same in 2023 as they will do in 2022, and very few expect to fly less, about 4%, just 4%. Um, so that that encourages us to, to believe that the, the usage of the fleet is going to continue to grow, uh, this year is supposed to grow about uh, 9% globally versus previous year. Um, and we expect about a 2% growth from uh, 2023 onwards. Um, and um, other finer details include those around sustainability. Uh, this year, operators uh, seem 
um, more um, uh, willing or more active in pursuing methods to reduce their carbon footprint. Um, this year was about 50% of them, of the uh, respondents that said that they're taking any, any method today. Uh, that's 30 percentage points higher than last year. And in the future, that number is going to be about 60%. Uh, they're either going to start with uh, a new method to reduce their carbon footprint or increase the method they're already using. And in the future, most of them are mentioning SAF, sustainable aviation fuels, as their preferred method uh, to, to tackle uh, that sustainability aspect. Yeah, and, and do you attribute part of this uh, expected growth um, obviously coming from first-time buyers and users of business and private aviation. And I'm, I asked the question because I'm wondering if the pandemic uh, may have actually had a positive effect on the demand for new business jet. Um, it looks like your report notes that 2022 flight, act flight activity is actually at levels not seen since 2007, which I believe was the busiest year ever for business aviation do. So do, do you agree with that statement? Yes, I definitely, uh, we've seen that, uh, we, I agree with this statement. Uh, not only um, business aviation was a, an already existing solution to the problem of, okay, there is no flight, it doesn't matter if it's first class or whatever type of service. Some flights just uh, were canceled or discontinued um, and they're coming back now, but, but at that point, um, some routes were not available. Um, and also there was a big concern about who was in the cabin. Um, were there any, um, any infected people, et cetera? Really, it was about control and the safety of uh, the, the air quality. Um, and again, a business aviation presented a solution that was already there. Um, nobody had to invent it. Um, so two things happened. One is uh, the, uh, the 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 consumer itself, and another one are the the the, the other thing that happened is that the operator, the, the charter operators, fractionals, or even um, some managed fleets that decided to do a little bit more chartering than in the past, um, they increased accessibility. Right, uh, they got smarter in how uh, they allowed people to book. Uh, you started to see more uh, jet card programs. Uh, you started to see um, operators advertising empty legs. So I think on the supply side, operators also got smarter. Uh, they realized that they could increase the utilization of the aircraft they already had as well. And Javier, you know, your forecast provides also some geographic insight as well, I think. Um, it appears uh, it, in one of the notes there, it looks like that 85% of first-time users operate in the Americas, um, with 80% of those first-time buyers operating in the United States, uh, and the rest uh, primarily coming from Brazil. So if you could, could you maybe elaborate a little bit and break down the geographic data in more depth? Yes, yes, and uh, it's. You'll notice that it's very easy to focus on the Americas, as it uh, it concentrates. Let's see, more than 60, 65 percent of the deliveries, uh, maybe a little bit more of the fleet, and when it comes to flight hours, yeah, about, about the same, right? 
Um, and and if you include Latin America, that in terms of uh, flights, then that's probably closer to 65-70%. Uh, what I can do is look at other regions, how, they, how they're trending in 2022 so far in terms of their, their activity. Um, Double-digit growth, actually. Um, Europe, uh, year-to-date versus same period last year, um, it's above 15%, 15-20%. Uh, Middle East Africa, uh, 25% up, uh, APAC uh, about 40% up. Uh, now these regions are starting from a much lower base, whereas the Americas, um, in, for example, in 2021, um, the Americas saw about a million flights. Um, the rest of the world saw about um, 150,000 flights. So you, you can see how it's so easy to focus on the Americas, um, but all regions are growing significantly. Yeah, it's fascinating data and, and certainly great news uh, for uh, everyone across the globe. And once again, we are visiting with Javier Jimenez Serrano, and he's the Strategy and Market Research Manager for Honeywell Aerospace here on AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. And Javier, you, you mentioned it a, a moment ago. Uh, you talked a little bit about uh, the sustainability part uh, being another focus of this year's forecast. Um, and I'm wondering if you can elaborate just a little bit and give us some of the highlights in terms of, of how you see operators using those various methods to reduce the carbon footprint. Yes, so today um, they are uh, looking at uh, flying slower, uh, maybe instead of uh, high-speed cruise, maybe they uh, throttle down to long-range cruise speeds. Uh, that's what they mention most often today. Uh, next is uh, ride sharing, pulling operations. That means getting more people, um, getting that load factor up in, in the business uh, jet um, or turboprop. Um, and uh, they most often cite uh, lack of uh, SAF availability as, as the reason why they may not be um, um, uh, uh, be able to um, to reduce carbon footprint. When we look at the future, SAF is number one by, by far. SAF and carbon offsets. Now, I don't know if carbon offsets are not as available today as uh, operators demand, uh, but uh, you know Honeywell is working uh, with other players in the industry to increase availability of of sustainable aviation fuels. Um, and that's what's really driving um, that number to go from 50% to 60% of operators saying that they'll, they'll use any number of methods in the future to reduce their carbon footprint. Without a doubt, and with all those fine details uh, and all of that data there, I, I'm also curious, you know, how does Honeywell, your, your company, use, use your own forecast in the strategic decision-making processes? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the forecast allows us to cut the data, uh, the forecast and the survey allows us to cut the data by uh, aircraft size. Uh, that's something we look at um, our um, operators, owners trading up. 
uh, what uh, segment is going to be more attractive, uh, what are the new clean sheet designs doing to the overall market? Are they stimulating it by how much? Um, that's really what, uh, what we try to extract internally. It's also a very good tool to drive customer intimacy with our OEMs and uh, with some operators that we serve. Uh, they really appreciate our, our insights. No, I, I bet they do. It's, it's, it's quite an informative uh, report and uh, an amazing process that you all undertake. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's the report now is in 31 years old. And and so I'm wondering, and you mentioned, you know, you've only been with Honeywell yourself maybe for the last three years or so. But mm -hmm. um, when, you know, when you look back over the long-term history of the report, um, do, you, do you have any idea how accurate it has been in hindsight over those 31 years? Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, let me give you an example. Um, last year, uh, we expected uh, 2021 deliveries to be about 580 and let's say 640. Uh, last year, uh, we saw 610 deliveries uh, right in the, in the middle of that range. Now, in, in terms of accuracy, um, the longer term you go, the, the, the farther out, well, it's, it's not gonna be that accurate, right? I, you know, nobody can predict the future. What's useful and what has been useful in for us for Honeywell in the past is identify uh, those areas of opportunity, those growth areas. For example, the super mid-size class. Now the super mid-size class was something that my predecessor saw. They saw that there was there was uh, some white space there to go after and working together with OEMs, um, the industry designed offerings there in super mid-size that have been very, very popular, right? And that's, that's how Honeywell got to be the sole engine supplier for that uh, that segment, whether it is a G280, Challenger 350, Prater, uh, what am I missing, Longitude, all of those, any any in-production super mid-size has Honeywell engines on it. And uh, the utilization of those aircraft keep growing. Uh, so that that's a testament of, of maybe not the precise accuracy, but the usefulness. Uh, that this survey has had uh, for us and and for the industry, well, no doubt about it. It's as you said, it's it's very difficult to predict the future. Nobody can do it, but it sounds like you guys are uh, are on top of it as best you can, and and has been quite accurate when you look back uh, in hindsight, and has certainly helped uh, with with your company's decision making, uh, and I'm sure others as well. And so, um, you know, before we let you go, I. Pretty, uh, very much thank you for your time, but uh, are there any other, um, you know, interesting nuggets to point out from your perspective that you see uh, or any other items that you'd like to mention? Yeah, yeah, my, my pleasure, by the way. Um, I'd just like to reinforce that the survey finds, you know, continued demand growth for business aviation, um, not just uh, in terms of purchases of new jets, but also uh, usage of those new jets. Well, Javier, thank you so much again for joining us here on AA Amplified. And for all of our listeners, you can certainly learn more about 
Honeywell and the 31st Annual Global Business Aviation Outlook uh, on their website at Honeywell.com. And also, let me do remind our listeners of a few important items, especially our AA member companies. Uh, and that is, uh, first of all, the AA's classroom is loaded up once again with a very full schedule coming up over the next few months. And those training courses take place uh, at the association's headquarters in Lee Summit, Missouri. Uh, there are several in-person and virtual classes available, and you can learn more about each of them and reserve your seat by visiting aea.net slash training. And also, please join us for one of the two upcoming AEA Connect conferences uh, later this month here in November. These are two-day events, and they do allow technicians and business owners the opportunity to learn industry best practices, and it gives them the chance to connect with their regional sales and product support representatives. And of course, the technicians are able to satisfy their training requirements. So up next in the weeks ahead, you can connect in Tampa, Florida, and that's coming up quickly on November 2nd and 3rd. And you can also connect for our South Pacific members in the Sunshine Coast, Australia, and that'll be November 17th and 18th. You can check out all the details at aea.net slash connect. And believe it or not, can't believe we're saying this here. It's only mid-October, but it is not too early to register for the 2023 AEA International Convention and Trade Show, and that's going to take place April 24th through the 27th, again in Orlando, Florida. So register by December 31st by the end of this year, and you can save $200 per person off the on-site fee with that early bird rate. And there are links to register and, of course, make your hotel reservations online at aea.net slash convention. And again, another reminder, finally, if your company is hiring, please do not forget to post your career opportunities on the AEA Jobs Board, and that is at aea.net slash jobs. Free resume posting is also av available for job seekers, and there have been lots of new employment opportunities recently posted in just the last few days and weeks. So check it all out at aea.net slash jobs. And that is going to wrap it up for today. And we hope you can join us again soon for another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a mode company. To learn more about Genesis and its full range of products, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Thanks again to Javier Jimenez Serrano, Strategy and Market Research Manager for Honeywell Aerospace, for being our guest today. And until next time here on AEA Amplified, for our producer engineer, Aaron Ward, this is your host, Jeff Hill, wishing you blue skies ahead wherever you may be.